0: my name is tess and this is the first episode of weird things in salt lake city there is no doubt it's been a weird one for the world but we live in salt lake and want to document and learn more about the weird things happening here oh yeah i say we
1: hi my name is brock bernstein
0: my name is kofi anderson and we work together on this first episode of weird things in salt lake city about a month ago salt lake experienced an insane windstorm most people lost power for the day, and some residents were powerless about a week. Today, if you drive around, you'll still see uprooted trees and leftover debris from the storm. Brock tells the story.
1: On Tuesday, September 8th of 2020, an extraordinary set of circumstances happened in the state of Utah. A cold front that was blowing in from the east was followed by a low-pressure system, which starkly contrasted the current high-pressure system in the valley of Salt Lake City, which led to a downslope windstorm. This resulted in hurricane-level winds throughout the state, some ranging up to 100 miles per hour.
2: And yeah, just like everywhere on the path from my place to the university, there was a bunch of trees, there were some that collapsed power lines, and so on and so forth.
1: Federico Faria is a third-year computer science major at the University of Utah, and was just one of the many people affected by this windstorm. Living with three other students, Faria wasn't the only one negatively impacted by the storm. Uh, But it actually affected us a bit later because I remember waking up that day and seeing a notification that classes were canceled because of a windstorm, Uh, and then maybe half an hour, an hour after that is whenever we lost power. Michael Ratajcek, a fourth-year computer science student at the U who lives with Faria, was quick to mention the power outage in their area. They were among the 200,000 who lost power from Cache County to Utah County. Their loss of power, however, was a far worse case than they originally thought.
2: Uh, There was also no electricity at all. And that lack of electricity persisted for 120 something hours. Yeah, it was completely disrupted. Like we thought it was only gonna last like a day or two So we didn't bother getting ice, and then it ended up lasting so much longer. So all of the food we had in there, literally everything in the fridge, we had to throw away.
1: These problems only continued as a result of the power lines going down. Gurren Moski, another fourth year computer science student and a teacher's assistant for first year computer science students, recalled how this problem specifically affected his ability to do any sort of schoolwork.
3: Um, I mean, since everything's online, obviously, you know, need power and internet to, to do anything. Uh, and I'm a computer science major. So all of my homework requires me to code things, which also requires power and a computer. So it meant that I had to go to campus.
1: The university of Utah ended up being the one saving grace for the trio, even though they were unable to spend as much time as they would have liked on campus each day. They used what time they could to make do with the resources they had available to them.
2: And whenever we had to do homework, um, we had to stay at the university and charge our phones there and charge our laptops so that we can do anything at all.
1: The only problem with this is the pandemic, which continues to rage on. While these roommates took as many precautions as they could, there are still factors outside of their control.
3: Thankfully the everything on campus was pretty empty, but it still is. You know, it feels irresponsible and unsafe to go to a big public space to do my work but I have no other choice. Um, I know I'm not a a particularly at-risk individual, but I don't wanna expose anybody else. Um, I don't wanna, I still don't wanna get infected if I can avoid it, you know, all that that sort of stuff. So it just compounded on top of additional stress.
1: While there weren't any directly negative consequences for them, this proves to be just one of the many strange problems to have occurred this year. And although the windstorm and pandemic both already seemed extreme, there may still be worse conditions that are yet to come.
0: Like Brock explained, all of Salt Lake and many surrounding areas were impacted by this windstorm. I live in South Salt Lake, and my next door neighbor had a tree fall onto a power line in his backyard. On top of losing power, he also didn't have any running water, so for a few days until his water came back, he ran a hose from our backyard to his house. I work at the Trader Joe's in downtown Salt Lake, and they closed for that day because they lost power. I wasn't scheduled, but my coworkers had to take all of the refrigerated items in the store and move them into a refrigerated semi-truck, which is a ton of work, until they finally got their generator to start working, and then they had to move it all back into the store. Later that day, I took a drive around Yaelcrest and remember thinking it looked like a natural disaster hit. There were trees and branches, leaves just covering the sidewalk and the road. Kofi talked to Connor Burnett, a lifelong Utahn who lives near Yellowcrest and the university's married student housing about this day.
4: In what way was your area specifically impacted by the windstorm?
3: Oh man, I think it was probably one of the um, most impacted areas of probably the Salt Lake Valley for sure. I know that there were some pretty high winds recorded up in like Farmington and Logan area. Um, But I'd say in the Salt Lake Valley, um, you know, the east bench where, you know, the university is, was probably the most affected. I feel like there was a lot of damage and debris and, um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty noticeable. If anyone driving up here saw, then, you know, it's pretty noticeable to see that there was some pretty heavy damage in our area.
4: Yeah, definitely. Was there any damage to your home?
3: Luckily, no, Um, I feel like most of the apartments were pretty safe, Um, you know, luckily I, you know, haven't seen any trees falling on any apartments or anything like that. Um, I think the worst thing that probably happened, which, you know, we got pretty lucky, wasn't even that bad, was um, I woke up probably an hour before um, my usual time of getting ready to work. And um, we just have an AC unit in our bedroom that um, I have plexiglass. I installed plexiglass around it to kind of cover up the um, the empty space of where that AC unit fits so I mean that's just taped on to the um, between the the rest of the window and the the sidewall. but I mean that had flapped open and I noticed that there was a lot of wind coming through it so um, you know that caused me to get up um, just before getting ready for for work, of when my alarm usually goes off, and had to get some duct tape um, and really tape it down good because, you know, seeing how strong the wind was blowing, I didn't want it to, you know, fall out while I was gone at work and my wife uh, was home, uh, you know, alone. So that was probably the the most damage that you know happened to our home. Other than that, you know, the apartments, the residents in the apartments were pretty lucky that we didn't have any further damage.
4: Definitely, and we did see that. Some residents in um, the student housing where you live did have trees that fell on their cars. pine trees completely fell and covered three or four cars. Was there any damage like that to any of your automobiles?
3: No luckily no. Um, there were you know some pretty big tree branches that had fallen near the parking lot um, of the apartment where my wife and I live but um no, actually, I, you know, we got like I said, we were pretty lucky. There wasn't too much damage on any vehicles in our parking lot or in any of the apartments in uh, our court either. So,
4: And out of all the damage that you saw from the windstorm, what damage surprised you the most?
3: I would have to say probably the damage at Liberty Park. Um, yeah, I mean, as you probably know, Liberty Park has, you know, plenty of trees like most parks, city parks within, you know, the Salt Lake area have. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like I said, I'd never seen anything like it. I mean, there were trees, really, really huge trees that I'm sure were old and had been planted, you know, I'm sure decades um, in the past, but they were collapsed, they were fallen, you know, there were branches, leaves. I mean, it looked like a tornado had ripped through Liberty Park. So, I mean, it really just looked awful. So that was probably the worst um, damage that I had seen in my on my commute to go to work, actually, so.
4: Do you think the damage at Liberty Park will impact or had an impact on the public parks attraction?
3: You know, that's a great question. To a certain extent, I think the park services and city um, you know, maintenance and services um, program actually did a really, really great job. Um, cleaning up the debris and the fallen trees in a safe and timely manner. Um, you know, I, I had still, even though the um, park looked, you know, as I had mentioned, the magnitude of, of the damage that, you know, was um, that took place at Liberty Park was was pretty incredible. You know, there were still people running around the park. Um, you know, people had gone out to venture and see, you know, what damage had had been caused by the windstorm but um no i think if, if anything um you know it might have actually drawn more people to go and see the impact that the windstorm had caused i feel like people were really interested to see you know the the incredible sights of those huge trees you know being torn up from the ground and topple over in the park um but like i said i mean you know salt lake had you know, the city services had really done a great job in, in cleaning up all the debris and, you know, making it, you know, still an enjoyable place for families and individuals to go and exercise or hang out. So, um, no, I, I don't think it's impacted the, uh, the way the public views um, the park as an attraction in any way, really.
4: And according to the Washington Post, the wind was driven by a large difference in pressure between an unusually intense zone of high pressure dropping into the rockies out of canada and a broad area of low pressure along the west coast so this pressure difference drove strong winds not only through utah but also through the pacific northwest and california fanning the devastating wildfire outbreak in california so basically in summary this windstorm was a rare event that not many of us have witnessed before. Yeah. And have you personally ever witnessed a storm like this in your own life in Utah?
3: No, I mean, uh, like I said, I think, um, you know, I'm actually originally from South Jordan. And, um, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I think in South Jordan's history, it actually used to be called Gale. Uh, for like the gusts of wind that blow through that part of Utah and you know I, I feel like I've witnessed a few wind storms you know either like a summer storm or something like that where the wind blows pretty strongly but I mean to the extent of ripping up trees that are you know seem really sturdy like I said I'm, I'm sure they've been planted there for decades um, to see them just get uprooted and you know toppled over like it's nothing um, no I, I mean never seen anything like that before. So it was really, uh, it was all new to me really.
4: And based off of where you told us you live, you must live close to the historic neighborhood, Yale Crest, is that correct?
3: Yeah, Yale Crest is, is honestly just down the street from where we live in the University Village, yep.
4: And in that neighborhood, Yale Crest, there are large old sycamore trees, which were completely yeah. uprooted by the storm. Some of the trees are estimated to be 80 to 90 years old. So do you think the loss of these trees in such an iconic part of Salt Lake feels like a
3: loss? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's um, it's just incredible. I, I've never seen you know, as I've mentioned, I've never seen such, you know, what look to be such sturdy, um, thick, deep-rooted trees just be ripped up out of the ground like it's, uh, you know, like nothing. Um, so yeah, and I I imagine the individuals who have lived in that area for quite some time, I'm sure they feel more devastated knowing that, you know, the trees that are in, you know, implanted in that area seem to be such an iconic part of what makes up Yelcrest. Um, so to see, you know, those those beautiful, huge trees um, get torn apart and possibly damage some of the people's property and homes, I mean, it's, yeah, it's really sad.
4: And according to the Deseret News, people in both Salt Lake County and Davis County ignored the initial warning to stay inside all day Tuesday because these individuals chose to leave their homes to check on their neighbors, especially those who are disabled or elderly. A lot of people looked for ways to help their neighbors who had damaged property, who had a tree come in and you know impact their home, damage their cars. A lot of individuals took the time out of their days to help people who were affected by this storm. What do you think this type of service says about the culture of Utah?
3: Um, I think it's great. Um, I, you know, I can, it doesn't surprise me that Utahns would, you know, bond together over, you know, helping others and really join forces to, um, you know, make a positive impact and difference in their communities. I feel like, um, you know, the majority of Utahns are very good-spirited and kind-hearted people, and so, it like I said, I, I don't think that surprises me at all, knowing that people were really able to, you know, think outside of um, their own, you know, circle of comfort and really getting out and reaching out a helping hand to those who need it most, and, um, you know, I think that's even more crucial, and I think that speaks more about um the utah community especially during you know something like the pandemic that we're going through you know just with the earthquake the pandemic now the windstorm it seems like we've you know had some pretty um some pretty big barriers and um obstacles placed in our way but uh, you know setting that apart or you know setting that aside i think that um that just goes to show how um, great of a community utah is because these people when they have you know, a pretty good excuse to be self-centered um, and think of only about their, their own worries and concerns. They're willing to put that aside and, and reach out and help those in need, so I think that's awesome.
4: Like any other state, Utah has had its share of memorable weather days in its history. Is the windstorm from last month one that you will remember?
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, I mean, I think it will be for most people. I don't, I don't think, you know, even individuals who have lived in the Salt Lake area for, um, you know, several decades, most likely haven't seen anything like this before. So, um, no, I, I definitely think that, you know, it's going to be something that we can look back on and, um, you know, kind of think about how crazy of an experience it was for all of us to have witnessed the damage caused by that windstorm and um, you know, maybe even have it as a story to tell to, you know, grandkids or something like that.
0: It would be remiss not to mention the damage done to the university's campus. Over a hundred trees fell, many of which decades old and over a hundred feet tall. On top of that, many buildings were damaged. As of today, a little over a month after the storm, most of the trees and their debris have been cleaned up thanks to a variety of crews and even some student volunteers. Many of the buildings damaged are still being repaired. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Weird Things in Salt Lake City. This is Tess Roundy. Also, a huge thank you to Kofi Anderson, Brock Bernstein, and Christian Stark. We all work together to make this thing. Alright, until next time.